Yeah. Welcome to the marketing trench. We are live. Guys. Are, are we though? Are <laughs> we though? Can I just say, first of all, this is nice because I, I think, I mean, you two have been away. It's been conference season, traveling season. So yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say I have been here. But you, <laughs> you two have been out. So the three of us together, I mean, this has been a rare uh, sight the last few months. Is this your is this your Thanksgiving monologue? You're, this you're is saying that you're grateful monologue. for us being here with you. I, yeah, I am. Yeah. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so happy you well, two you, are in my life. Well, Please Dustin, raise, just so that you know, we're glad we're glad that you're glad that we're here. There you go. <laughs> this isn't water. Uh, <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. <That's> amazing. <laughs> So we're approaching the holiday season and today's topic is 2021 in review. We're doing this a bit early because we've got some good guests lined up to round out the end of the year and we're going to be talking about our thoughts for 2022 in another episode. But we wanted to look back on lessons learned, wins we've had, um, even you know some losses we've had potentially, and uh, just kind of do a recap of what we've done the past year. Hopefully if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to every one of our episodes, which I'm sure you faithful listeners, you have never missed an episode, <laughs> but perhaps you might hear something in the recap today that will make you think, oh yeah, that's actually, I should go back and listen to that one. So that's what we're up to today. And uh, I, I guess the best place to lead off would be uh, to just throw out the first question, which would be, what do you think was the biggest lesson you learned in 2021? This is, and I'm going to be selfish because this is the one I'm most interested in hearing, uh, hearing about from you guys. <laughs> This is a hard one because I always forget what we talked about. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it doesn't even have to be just stuff we discussed on the podcast. Business. Just yeah. You know. Well, I'll, I'll all right, Ricardo. I'll let you. I'll let you think here for a second because I was actually thinking about this a little bit, um, and and I don't know if this is directly relevant to anything that we specifically talked about, but I think this is an important thing that comes up in in people's business and. And I, I don't know, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit <laughs> during this just because, just because, so the biggest thing that I learned is um, that you have to have flexibility and, and that your plans, you can plan to start something, but you should never assume that, that it's everything that you planned is going to be perfect. Yeah. So we we launched um, we launched our our uh, publishing platform on findmywayhome.com. Um, we got a small group of what we called founding members, uh, and they're mostly they're well they're all loan officers. And our mission is to um, help other professionals in our industry uh, be found on Google and YouTube by helping them publish content, getting the years of experience and expertise out of their head. Um, producing video, transcribing it, and getting it out there. So it was a big pivot from the website that I started 13 years ago, uh, the WordPress website. So there was a lot of moving parts. We knew it was going to be challenging. Um, we, I, I think we were very successful in simplifying the experience for our customer. And you can translate you know, customer into anything, the consumer, the home buyer, the home seller, whatever. So our goal as business owners is to simplify that experience for our end user so that all they're having is, is a crafted experience 
that allows them to hopefully enjoy the journey and not have a lot of doubt and questions creep in during the process, you know, escrow opened and then I haven't heard from my loan officer in 10 days. Is that a bad sign? You know, that kind of thing. Is that a bad sign? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That she goes, boys. <laughs> so, awesome. so, so we launched uh, at the end of May and, and I watched very carefully and made, um, and made an observation that what we were doing on the back end um, and our tech stack, and I would say primarily most of our tech stack, um, was not doing everything that we wanted it to do. And so we're in the process of pivoting and getting that pivot done and swapping out some of the major pieces of our tech stack without interrupting our deliverable to, to the consumer, to the end user. And, you know, I've got a great team around me and, uh, you know, we learned a lot of lessons and, 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 you know, there was a, there was a, there, there were a couple of things that were very, very difficult about the observation and the execution. And, and first of all, the observation is I was mostly responsible for saying, Hey, let's use these technologies to accomplish what we want to accomplish. So part of it was, was putting my ego aside and realizing that, you know, this is probably not, that, that wasn't the right decision. I don't regret it because it helped us learn that it wasn't the right decision and that there might be a better way. Um, but then, you know, having to explain or having to uh, have that conversation then with with my other business partners and how I approached that and I royally screwed it up. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I, I didn't think it out well. I didn't have a, I didn't have it all the way thought out. I didn't have a plan. And I think as business owners, this happens a lot, especially on the tail end of of the NAR conference and the Inman conference, right? We go to these conferences, we see things, we meet people, and we're like, this is something I really want to implement in my in my business. And you go to the your team and you're like, as the as the owner, whatever, you're like, oh my gosh, we found all these new things. And <laughs> I know you've been training on this CRM for the last year, but I met Ricardo Bueno and follow up boss is the bomb. <laughs> We're gonna go with that. And then the team's just like, holy shit, uh, this is gonna be a nightmare, right? Yeah. But but having the having the and, and this is where it wasn't easy. It was very difficult. It was emotionally challenging. I handled it the wrong way, but I did it anyhow and I got through it and we're making some major improvements uh, in, in our business um, to, help making, to help make doing business moving forward easier and better. And it's going to bring down our cost basis and it's going to simplify uh, the, the resources and, and and, and everything that we need to do on the back end to make everything run smoothly. And that was probably my biggest lesson. I hadn't really been in that position in a long time, but it's always something that I've been kind of good at is recognizing when something doesn't work and having the courage to make the change or make the improvement, but then stumbling over yourself and doing it the wrong way, taking a step back thinking it out, mapping it out, communicating it properly, and then executing that. So 
you know, that was a really, really big lesson uh, for, for me in 2021. And, and I think as, as, as business owners, you know, some of the, one of the hardest things to do is to change, especially when you're making improvements on something that already is working, but it could, it would be better. So that, that was my, that, that was my big one. That was my big lesson. And, and, and I definitely um, stumbled over myself and made a lot of mistakes. I didn't do a perfect job of it. Um, but I, uh, but I took a step back, communicated it to my team, mapped it out, thought it out, uh, and then we're executing on it now. And it's going to put us in a lot better position for 2021. That's so awesome. That, that's mine. Yeah, that's, I've been there so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so painful too, because when you know, you know, like, you know, you know that lesson. And but you, you knew last time. You, you knew that I, you knew yeah. when you knew last time that you when you were doing the thing that you were you are getting ready to change. Yeah, and then of course, of course, you, you know when it hits you again, you're like, oh crap! I relearned a lesson I knew full well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important because at least you got to that point of being able to make the pivot and of being able to work through the change. Yeah, and and the strategy wasn't wrong. The, some of the tools to execute the strategy weren't as good or easy to use as they could have been. Yeah. So so the vision is still there, and we all have this vision of what we want the customer experience to be, what we want our employees' experience to be, and we do the best we can. Um, especially in my business as, as, as brokers in the mortgage industry, you know, we have to Frankenstein all of our tech together. <laughs> we've got, you know, that happens with agents too. I mean, you go to these big conferences and there's 300 shiny objects in the exhibition hall and they all look fantastic. Is and that all? <laughs> and they're all, and what, what is it that we said before? They're all out there trying to sell you Easy solutions to problems you didn't know you even had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. How about you, Ricardo? Or do you want me to go next? Go ahead. Ricardo's going to need a uh, old fashioned. And therapy <laughs> for his, so let's, let's let him, let's let him uh, work on it. He's, he's we all wrapped up, needs some oil in the, in the old car. Another old fashioned, I guess we, I should say. We ran a nice little old fashioned happy hour yesterday. We did. Yeah. Scott, I wish you, I wish you were still around because we were all hanging out at, uh, at oh. Ricardo's office and he was, dude, I don't, how many drinks did you make? You had, I have made no idea. I literally drinks. lost count. Yeah, it was, he was, he was working it and you know what? I had, I had two. So <laughs> I was, was like, his being tired is a him problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was amazing. It was a good time. Yeah, it was, it was a really good time. So besides your drinking problem, Dustin, what, what is, uh, what was, what did you learn? In well, let me be clear, because Ricardo was the one making the drinks, I had no problem drinking. It was <laughs> easy. <laughs> Uh, so actually, I think we summarized uh, on, an, on an episode, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before, um, we cracked out this line. Scott, you weren't here for this, but uh, I said we should have marketing trench t-shirts and the front should say, uh, up to my neck and ship. And, uh, <laughs> and, and the point is, like, you That's should awesome. just be shipping constantly, right? And this, this for me, this is one of those Get lessons. Perfection. That, yes. It's a lesson I know. 
Uh, and you know, this year, this year was a bit of a humbling year because anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a while knows that I, I tried to build a CRM. I was very confident in my ability to build a CRM um, from scratch. And to be fair, like I showed you guys what we had prototyped and you guys thought that the concept was really great and it, and it presented well in Figma, right? The design tool we used to mock it all up. Um, but for those of you who aren't aware, uh, I had development challenges and ultimately it, the wheels fell off the bus. And so uh, we're using follow-up boss and it's working for us. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a good solution. Um, it's not the solution I had wanted for Lighthouse, but it's a, it's, it's a good solution and it's doing the things I really, really needed to do. Um, mm. But if one of, one of the reasons that we got to the point of realizing we needed to pivot, we, we, I needed to overcome my hesitancy using an out-of-the-box solution and I need to get over my own kind of ego that I could build a CRM was I started forcing the ship, right? I would go back to my developer and there was always a reason. As you guys remember, uh, offline we talked about this plenty. My developer always had a thing he was working on. He would always dive into some back-end code he knew that I didn't know that I couldn't assess very well. He, and he would rarely show me anything front-end that I could assess right? And there was always, there was always a story. And I don't mean to just pick on developers, but this has been my long experience with developers is that they will do this. And that's a sure sign. When someone takes you to something you can't really measure because you don't have the tools to measure it and they spend all their time there, it's a sure sign that they're not getting the job done in my experience. Um, and this isn't just true for developers. This is true for teammates, you know, in escrow, right? It's like, uh, I have never sat an escrow desk, even though I'm the CEO of an escrow company. Um, and so my escrow team knows that if they really don't want me to probe too hard into something, they'll take me into what I call escrow weeds, right? And they'll start, they'll start escrow weeding me. But I've gotten to the point now where I recognize where I am and I'm able to cut through it pretty quickly. And I also know more about escrow than I let on. So, so Dustin, <laughs> is that called es escrow planning? <laughs> they start escrow planning things to you. They do. They start escrow planning. It's like mansplaining. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Escrow splaining to me. Um, and I realized that that shipping is such a powerful way to get to the truth, because as soon as you start saying, "Hey, we're shipping this thing at this date," you know mm -hmm. if you ship that thing at that date. Shipping is also hugely terrifying to me, because mm -hmm. I'm afraid that. Once it's out in the world, it's just not going to be what I dreamed it was going to be. And I was, I'm afraid other people are going to judge like the entirety of my effort based on my first deployment. And so I just, I, I feel like I have to have everything perfectly dialed in and it has to be this sort of like master, masterful orchestration, right? Um, but that's not how the world works. Like that's not how I work. It's not how any of you guys work. I don't hardly know anybody that works like that. Sure, maybe somebody will try something out, you know, for the early days and they'll be like, this is no good. And fine, <laughs> it might not come back, but a lot of people will stick it out. A lot of people will keep trying it. And the reality is if you try something out and you feel like it's no good, you might come back at a different point in your life uh, when the product has improved and when your life situation has changed and you might decide it's good. This happened with me with HelloFresh this year. We, we had an episode, right, about Ricardo trying HelloFresh and he didn't like it because at, for what he was trying to accomplish, he was trying to, you know, shorten his dinner time. Uh, preparation and HelloFresh doesn't do that, right? HelloFresh 
saves you grocery shopping time, but it doesn't shorten your dinner prep time. Um, but for me, what I was looking for was I didn't want a meal plan and I didn't want a grocery shop. And I just got too busy for those things. Mm-hmm. And even though I had tried HelloFresh at another point in my life and didn't really connect because I thought, oh, I can, you know, why do I need to outsource grocery shopping? It's not a big deal for me. I'm at a point in my life now where it just is. I just, I have a toddler. I've, I've got a lot of things going on. My wife has a lot of things going on. And HelloFresh turned out to be huge and it's gotten better, right? A so nice, nice little cheat code. <laughs> it's totally a cheat code. We've been doing it for, I don't know, five months, six months now. Like we've been doing it for a while. And we really like it. Anyway, yeah. the point is, the point is, if this you episode should, brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh. We wish. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Ricardo, get off the sponsorship. That's awesome. <laughs> the point is, don't be afraid of shipping. People will forgive yeah. uh, a failed first attempt. People will stick it out and you're going to get better. And you're going to, more importantly, you're going to have something that exists in the world, right? And uh, looking back, I wish I had picked up on that lesson sooner. I have a phone in this office. I have no idea why that phone is connected. This is a studio. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's awesome. What? One moment. But that's, I'll be right back. <laughs> I didn't even hear the phone. I didn't I, I, either. I, I think he's making it up. I think he needed uh, a potty break. That's amazing. He's wiping a tear. Yeah. Neither, <laughs> neither, neither of us even heard you're, the phone. And we think you're mute. hallucinating. You're on mute. <laughs> you guys couldn't hear the phone? No. Oh, oh this mic is amazing. Okay, so this is the Audio-Technica AT2020. Go buy it because it just... No way. Yeah, it was right there. It's like, it's five yeah. feet from my We microphone. didn't hear anything. Wow, we didn't hear a single thing. And I've even got an earbud in, so it's, it's like I have no sound. That's awesome. I do have cozy chewing on a bone behind me, but other than that. So uh, that, that's interesting. It seems like our lessons were almost the same then, Dustin, because that, that's almost my experience too is, is, you know, we were committed to ship and we got it out there and we made the decisions to do what we had to do and just let it, just let it ride for a little while and just pay attention and, see what falls off and what it's going to take to put it back on and just let that, just get that car down the road and, yeah. and just, just test drive it and see what, see what happens and then make decisions. That's awesome. Yes. And speaking of sponsors, we should definitely get some follow-up boss sponsorship because <laughs> you just gave them some mad love right there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All well, right. thanks to Ricardo for hooking, hooking us up. Yeah. And, you know, and um, Will, Ricardo who hooks everybody earlier. <laughs> Will, who does not work for title, uh, <laughs> definitely not helping us out. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. At least he doesn't work I'm, for him anymore. I'm going to sound, sound bite this clip. <laughs> <laughs> Set it straight to compliance. Yeah. Uh, Our industry is yeah. dumb. All right, Ricardo, you have 30 minutes to, to, to emote on all of the things that you learned in 2021. You know, Earlier this year, I, I made I made a couple of different changes or investments. Um, I got a personal assistant. The first one was I have the advantage of of having written product documentation for some of the earlier startups that I worked at, or even a most recent startup. I literally just wrote product documentation. I created our first community forum for for one of our companies. 
we grew it to like 6,000 members organically. I wrote, I uh, created a, uh, not an intranet, but like a help desk that literally outlined everything about all four of our product lines. So when I got the personal assistant, I had created SOPs and video tutorials literally for everything that I wanted this person to do. And I didn't want to come off overbearing or I hate being micromanaged. I absolutely detest it. So I didn't want to be that person to the, my, my VA, which is why I created all of those tutorials and, and, and not. And, you know, the first person that I got partnered with wasn't doing anything. And I knew because I wasn't getting pinged when the videos were being watched. So I knew you weren't watching the videos. I knew you weren't reading the documentation because there's literally no room for error here. Um, I was afraid to speak up and say anything about it until I consulted with, I'm sure, Dustin for sure and a few other people and Scott. And I don't even know if you and I talked about it. Um, but, I, but I finally brought it up like at the start of week number three and I said, hey, is, this is my tech stack. These are the things that I'm asking my VA to do. Is this outside the scope of their capabilities? And is my tech stack too complicated or is there something else going on here? And I got instantly matched with uh, somebody else. And I'm forever grateful that like I spoke up because I feel like most people wouldn't have spoken up if it wasn't for encouragement from some of my mentors and friends like you, I probably wouldn't have spoken up. Um, my VA now is amazing. She has a, like, I'm going to figure it out attitude. Even when I don't give her work to do, she's asking like, hey, I know you have a busy travel schedule, but you seem stressed. What can I do to take stuff off your plate? Like she's constantly being that person, hmm. um, which to me is amazing. But the things that I had to get over was like creating my landing pages. I, I do them. I'm very specific about how I want them done. And I'm very particular about like certain things. I had to get comfortable with being okay and letting go. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And that's a big, I think that's a big thing. I think we always get, we always overthink things. We always overthink is the copyright, is the landing page right, is the design right? Mm -hmm. And what it is, it's the, the overthinking. What it really is, is this fear. If yep. I ship this, it's going to look dumb. If I ship this, people are going to critique it. If I ship this, it's going to like, what if it falls flat? Well, funny part, thinking you're the, I'm the only one that can do this right. Or thinking I'm the only one that can do this right. The reality yeah. is actually, no, <laughs> this person can do it. And even if they do it like 70 to 80%, at least it's done. Yes. And you can always go back and perfect it later if like you really need to, but at least it's done. So for me, that was, that was, I think to me, that was a big one. Now, um, let me ask you this real quick, Ricardo. Do you think that the perfection was subjective? Like you had an idea of what per what per perfect needed to look the, like, the but in reality, the perfection it did not was, work. <laughs> the perfection was just an excuse to procrastinate. Wow, the perfection That's pretty is pretty powerful. Perfection is literally just an excuse to procrastinate. Mm. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to get done. And if you can get to a point in your business where you're willing to admit that about yourself, oh, trust me, that just, it just opens so much. Um, I think that's the realization I came to for myself. 
Um, gosh, what was the other one? The other one is, is part of my role here. Um, my new role here at follow-up boss is we've had a busy conference season, like a super busy conference season. I think it was five cities in six weeks or something like that. And it was shipping different materials to different events, designing different materials for different events and literally shipping them within a week of, of one another. That literally gives you zero time to make decisions, like zero. Could the copy be better? Yes, 100%. Could it be better by 12 noon today? Nope, ship it. That's really uncomfortable if you think about it. Yep. I've had to learn to get comfortable with making a decision. And I'm the type of person that kind of procrastinates in making decisions because I, I can get indecisive. I've had to like rewire my mental state and just ship decisions, um, be okay with making that decision because you know what? Now I'm going to have to live with that decision. Mm -hmm. There's no time to make any changes to it now. But I actually love, I'm actually really enjoying the person that that's forced me to become. Having that constraint has forced me to be okay with making more decisive decisions um, I don't think I would have been able to do that or get to that place if it wasn't for the cr constraint of having that shortened window. Um, but I'm thankful. Like, I feel like now I'm a person that can be decisive, make a decision and live with it. And I, I don't feel like I was that person before. And that's a competitive advantage too. I feel like that's a superpower. I think it's interesting because those two things intersect. They intersect at the point of, you need every minute you can have because you have to make rapid decisions. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing tasks that somebody else could easily be doing, that's taking away from your time to yeah. be able to write that copy in the expedited timeline that yep. you have to write it in. And so what you're doing when you get the virtual assistant is you're giving yourself just a little bit more room to uh, to, to make your incremental improvements while still rapidly deploying. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, that is a precision machine is what that is. Yeah. Right? Uh, and you need both things happening. Yeah. You, you know, and another thing that it is in a, in a good way to think about this, and this is something that I've been, you know, since I first kind of learned about it, that I've been really proactively trying to practice is how much of your time are you using to do $1,000 or $5,000 mm. or $10,000 an hour work, right? Because one decision is something that can impact your business um, that is going to get a, 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 eventually get a return on that investment. But what you're describing is that all the things you let go are $15, $20, $25 an hour work. You know, copywriting, building landing pages. But it, but um, it's easy to make the excuse and say, oh, only I know how to do it right. Or only I know how to do it well. That's well, the trap it, that we all fall into. Because it's scary to make, you know, big decisions come with big responsibility. And if you make the wrong decision, so there's, there's some fear to it. There's, there's some accountability and responsibility that comes from making bigger decisions and so you procrastinate making those bigger decisions by getting in the weeds of, of well, I, I, I can't make that big decision now because I'm busy doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. 
as soon as I get these things done, I'll start <laughs> making big decisions. You know, yeah. I mean, we all do it. It's a, it's, it's a human nature kind of thing, but it's a form of, it's a form of avoidance. Yeah. Avoidance procrastination. And, and, and as entrepreneurs, you know, we have to cut against that human nature that a lot of us have to, you know, to just feel like we're busy doing something or getting something done. Um, but really, if you want to take your business to the next level, you've got to step back, let everybody else do the small stuff and you focus on the ship date. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the reality is that probably at least 50% of the big decisions in our life are actually just a bunch of small decisions we've made stacked on top of each other. <laughs> That's yeah. actually very good. Yeah. Um, Ricardo, you had also mentioned the fact, uh, when you were starting your lessons learned, you'd mentioned the fact that you got a coach. Um, so we discussed so, this in episode, so I'd love to hear that thought too. So a while back I hired a coach and it was, um, I wanted somebody to, to sort of hype me up and, you know, keep me on, uh, sometimes I feel like I, I teeter totter. I have moments of high, uh, enthusiasm and, um, confidence. And then I have moments where like, I'm questioning myself or doubting myself. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I did is I hired a coach and I wanted this person to kind of keep me, keep me on balance and, and, and kind of keep my head straight, keep me motivated, keep me whatever. What I've discovered was, um, I'm, I'm more and more growing the confidence to say that I am a unicorn. Like, I think I am a unicorn. Scott tells me all the time, like, and other people tell me all the time. Um, the, the depth of what I can do is, is, is versatile, but sometimes I don't accept that. Um, I realized I don't need a coach. I don't need somebody to tell me what to do. I don't need somebody to coach me what to do. I can run circles probably around most. Um, so I ditched the coach, uh, because I didn't want the business coach and I really didn't just need the accountability and I hired a therapist. And I'm not embarrassed to say I hired a therapist. I actually, I actually think that's a competitive advantage too. Mm -hmm. And the statement that I made to, her, to, to my therapist was, I'm, I'm here in life and I'm here in my business and I want to get over here. I want to get from point A to just, I want a hockey stick. I want to catapult myself. But to do that, I'm going to stumble and trip over myself. So what I need you to do is I need you to help me see around corners. I need you to help me see my blind spots. I need you to call me on my crap because mm. we tend to make excuses for ourselves or, or make things bigger than they are when really they're not that big and a deal. And I need you to call me out on that stuff so that you can keep me pushing forward. Um, and I need you to help me make, I need you to help me become a better communicator, not just, not just at home and like, um, in business in general with friends, colleagues, uh, and with my, with my spouse. And I feel like we've done all of those things. Um, she calls me on the stuff that I'm doing wrong or that I'm misstepping on or that I'm seeing through a sort of twisted lens, which I think is amazing. And then, she, um, my therapist helps coach me into like how to phrase conversations better or have different conversations better. Um, We've been meeting for maybe five months now. And it's funny because um, the question I was asked was, you know, how do you feel? How do you feel about yourself? And the comment was, my response was, I actually like the person that I'm becoming. Hmm. 
um, I, I feel like I'm more, I'm more in tune with who I am and how I operate. And so I'm able to make decisions faster or better. And I'm not uh, judgmental about, I'm not, um, judgmental is the wrong word. I don't get down about hearing criticisms. Like they don't phase me anymore. Uh, and it's because I'm like, I'm okay with, like I'm at peace with who I am and how I'm operating, if that makes sense. Mm. So, so for me, I, I say that therapy has been a competitive advantage because it's literally, my therapist helps me get out of my own way. And, and I think that's a, I think that's a very powerful thing too often in business. I feel like we always trip and get in our own way. Look at that doggy cozy. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Just being annoying and get a distractor. So Ricardo has called me uh, offline. We'll talk and he'll tell me some story of a conversation he had with his <laughs> therapist, right? And I have to tell you, he's, he's, he's been doing this for a little while now. And I've gotten, I got so jealous because I thought, oh my goodness, how amazing would it be to, ha to be having those kinds of conversations, to have that person in your life who can call you out on your crap, who can help you see, you know, your blind spots, see around corners. And, you know, I know friends and, and spouses can do that, but there's something about a therapist who's professionally trained in conversation, in psychosis, in maybe even uh, med medicine so that they can know, you know, if you're taking certain medications, how that might be impacting your world, right? Um, there's something about that that's powerful. Uh, a person whose only job is to have lots of conversations that are meaningful and you get to, you know, spend an hour of your week with that kind of person. Um, and it was for me, I got to a point where I thought, you know what, I could use this in my life too. <laughs> and so I, I actually engaged a uh, business coach slash therapist. And I, I, you know, this person is both, this person happens to be an, a serial entrepreneur who went into therapy, got his licenses, but he also has his MBA comes from a family of entrepreneurs. In other words, he's somebody who I think can speak a lot of my language, which was important mm -hmm. to me. Uh, he also happened to share my faith background, which was also important to me. And so we're early days, you know, I have nothing to report yet but I'm hopeful. Like I'm hopeful that I'll have the experience that Ricardo has been having with his therapist. And I have seen already breakthrough for Ricardo as a result of this. And I, I think, you know, if you're thinking about it, right? Like uh, in my case, I don't mind telling you, um, I, I've, I'm, I'm now coming up on my second round of five years running the company. And I've noticed that there's a bit of a cycle. And my cycle tends to be that I get really excited about kind of a big project. We work on it, we deploy it, and then I'm pretty tired at the end. And I'm at the end of another cycle. Um, some big things are happening with the company. I'm very excited about them. Uh, and the company's got very strong growth potential. But a lot of that is the you know, result of some work done by me and by my fellow shareholders. And we're at the end of the cycle. And so now I'm, I, you know, I kind of want somebody to be external to me who's professionally trained that can help me think through this stuff. And so I would encourage you if, you know, if you're feeling it, take it, take it seriously. And uh, maybe, maybe find somebody like this for yourself. Yeah. I had a, I mean, I had a similar experience. It wasn't necessarily a, a, a therapist, even though I use it as therapy. Um, but it was a, it, it was a mastermind or coaching group 
but it's not specific to the industry. It's just specific to how to manage yourself as an entrepreneur. And, and, and it's not somebody with an agenda. It's just somebody with experience. And, and um, that has been absolutely pivotal in my life. I mean, in the last two years, uh, I used to always be one of those people that are like, now nah, these are my problems. I'll figure them out. And, you know, I don't need somebody telling me what I should be doing. And basically all the things that you guys have been saying. And, and then when I kind of put myself into that vulnerable position where you're talking out loud about your issues and your problems and the way that you're making decisions, and then you're getting feedback from other people that are saying, well, you know, I, I'm not in your business, but when I found myself in this position, you know, these were the mistakes that I made and, you know, and, and having those types of conversations and having some vulnerability, um, I think is, is, is almost the common thread here is, is having a little bit of vulnerability and, and going out there and um, not being afraid to admit that um, I could use some direction. Right. I could use some direction. I could use a little bit of, I could use a little bit of help. And, and, listen, and don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. That part, that part right there can be totally uncomfortable. 100%. Oh, if it's not, you're not doing it right. If it's not, you're not doing it right. Yeah. You're not being vulnerable if it's not uncomfortable. <laughs> right. I mean, to it's a hundred percent allowing yourself to be vulnerable. But yes. if you do that, man, that's, that's literally you getting out of your own way. It is so much. It's, it is so much. And it's a, I also think it's sort of a trailing indicator of a maturity that, that, that we get to as entrepreneurs where it's not, well, that's a difference between an entrepreneur, a solopreneur and an entrepreneur. You know, now you can focus on getting, helping other people around you become successful and growing your business and not making it about you. So yeah. I think that's an important ingredient in that in in that um, that stage of of the evolution as we you know as we grow as business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah, and it's a hard one to acknowledge because as an entrepreneur, you've been so self reliant, and you've had so yeah. many times and where you've had the conversation with yourself, which was just get up, just do it, <laughs> just knock it out. Right. Well, and like Ricardo said, is a lot of us are, are we're, we're all unicorns in our own way. Mm -hmm. there, there's a small percentage of, the dem, of, 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 of society that decide to, <laughs> are you sure? Mine always yeah. said, I was always told to do it like this. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's a side everybody always gives me. I don't know what that means. Uh, that's uh, funny. But, but um you know, I mean, to be in business and in real estate and mortgage like we are, um, that's a, it's a different path. There isn't a playbook. There isn't a rule book. We have a lot more responsibilities and, and being an entrepreneur is a lot different than, uh, you know, than, than punching a time card. And, and it comes with, it comes with a lot of problems, but, you know, you got to recognize the very fact that you're in that position makes you a little bit of a unicorn. So it's not really easy to always have these kinds of conversations and have these kinds of reflections with the people around you that aren't in the same situation that you're in. 
And, and I really love the fact that both of you guys are talking about um, personal therapists or therapy that aren't related to business necessarily. Well, Dustin's, uh, you know, your, your person has business experience, which is, which is amazing. If you can find that he's a unicorn, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> you know, but you know, just asking for that and making those de- and, and making those decisions though. It's, um, Wow. Okay. This is interesting. This is interesting. This, this doesn't feel like a 2021 in review, but, but I guess it really does. I mean, when you reflect on it, that's, you know, we, we talk about a lot of technology, a lot of systems, a lot of strategies. I almost want to ask like how much of the stuff that we've talked about have you implemented? So, so I feel like it related, but not related. I feel like I've gotten in a comfortable space where, or I've gotten in a good cadence of shipping. I feel like we all have, right? We've, we've gotten yeah. a good cadence of shipping. Yeah, I could and do better, but I'm doing better than I was. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like we've all gotten better. And, and honestly, that's the secret sauce to any of this. You just, if you're wondering why I'm struggling, why was in 2021 a better year for me? What the heck can I do to make 2022 a better year? you literally have to do all of the stuff that's uncomfortable and get yourself to a, a, a space where you're just shipping more. Yeah. And that so, uncomfort comes in, a, is masked in a lot of different ways. From, from the episode that, you know, from the looking back in the previous episodes this year, I tried a VA um, mm-hmm. and didn't work for us, but it worked great for you. It didn't work for us because I had less, I had less work than I thought I did. And that was a hard realization for me because I thought, oh my goodness, you know, I got this big idea. Nope, wasn't a big idea. Pretty shallow idea. <laughs> right? Fine. Like that, that hurt. But so we did the VA thing. Um, the CRM thing, I, I have gotten very serious about it. I mean, because we've talked about it so many times and man, I got to tell you, I felt like a bit of a fraud for the early episodes of the marketing trench because you both have CRA, uh, CRMs and you, you guys use them. And I didn't have a CRM and we'd have all these episodes or where's your database? And I'm like, yeah, guys, where's your <laughs> database? Or, and I didn't have much of a database, right? I had MailChimp or whatever. Um, and so we've been doing it and it's been great. It's, it's been very, very enlightening. Um, we're using follow-up boss. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> where's my referral code? Brought to you um, by. Yeah. Brought to you by follow-up boss. We're using follow-up boss. We're using Zapier. Um, it's hard. Like we're, you know, we're still putting things in place. Uh, where we've signed up for a handwritten account and we haven't used it yet, but we, you know, mm-hmm. we plan to, we just, we're still inputting some, some final things on, on the other, you know, we're still figuring out some data import and other things like that. But you know, we've, we've got handwritten ready to go. Um, have we got some bigger plans for, you know, for 2022? I would say though, that something, something else, you know, when I've looked back over our tool set, man, we've talked about a lot of really great tools, but not all of them really just made sense for what we do as escrow and what our needs are. And so we gave our, you know, I gave myself permission not to pursue some of those things. Right. Yeah. You know, and we started, you know, when we started this, this podcast, it was really about, and the reason why we called it the trench is because a lot of these are the, a lot of these conversations are stuff that we have conversations about, we're either thinking about it in our own business or we're talking to, you know, our peers about these issues and, and these challenges. And, you know, I think if I go, if I go 
back and look at all of the episodes, it really is just sort of a reflection of the kind of the internal dialogue that we're always kind of having about things. Sometimes it veers off into different areas, but it's always something about um, automation or amplification or organization um, or time management. It's, it's, it's all these conversations around these different aspects of uh, what we encounter every day in our business. And, and, you know, we're exploring different tools and having conversations with different people with expertise uh, in those areas. And hopefully those conversations are helping, you know, the five to seven people that watch our, our uh, podcast. <laughs> and, and if at least one of them implemented one thing and got something out of it, I think we could, uh, you know, feel good about that. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've, I've implemented, I've implemented a few things and I've learned a lot. Um, you know, and another thing that I've, that I've learned is, is by sometimes when talking things out loud, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but this just happened to me like last week, I thought I had something all figured out and I started explaining it to somebody. And as I was saying it out loud, because I'm sitting there in my head and I'm on my notepad and, you know, my remarkable pad and I'm sitting there making all my notes and I'm like, nailed it right got this figured out this is this is the perfect this is the you know i just you know architected the sistine chapel on my notepad and then as soon as i started talking about it and trying to explain it to somebody i was like yeah that doesn't make sense at all i i'm, I'm going at this from a completely you know from from a completely wrong direction i'm in the right ballpark but i'm not in the right seat you know not even close so you know, this whole, this whole project for me, you know, between us is, it has been therapy quite, quite frankly, because, you know, this stuff isn't scripted out. We're having improvisational conversations about things that we're thinking about and, and different perspectives. And, um, you know, I hope people pull that away from, from, from what we do is hearing our different perspectives and our different approaches to things, having these conversations, the specifics and the details are, I don't think are as important as the dynamic of looking at different ideas from different directions, right? right? And talking it out loud and discussing it in real time. And if you can replicate that on your team or within your peers or within your marketing groups or with your therapist, you know, I think there's a lot of value to that. There's a, there's a lot of good that, that, that can come out of that. So, yeah, so that's, that, that's all I got. <laughs> Ricardo, have you implemented anything that, uh, I mean, the, 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 you use all this stuff. I, I, I'm so, a tinker, so like I really do use a, a, a lot of, if not all of this stuff, right? Yeah. The one thing that I'm probably guilty of not using more, I play in ConvertKit, so so my wheelhouse is ConvertKit. Um, this year has been about setting up a lot of funnels internally for us, but but I need to get better about um, managing our data, tracking our data, even here internally at Follow Boss. Um, cause what I'm in charge of is like running, running webinars. So, so it's less one-to-one -one. it's, it's really one to many. The biggest thing that I'm excited about implementing because it's not done in our industry is, uh, personalization. So on our webinar landing pages now, 
it says, uh, help me personalize your experience. Tell me a little bit about, more about who you are. So it'll ask you for your first name, last name, phone number. But then it says, I'm a, sing I'm a solo agent or I'm a small team between one and three agents or I'm a growing team, three to 10 agents or I'm a large enterprise. So 10 agents or more. Um, and now I have this data set that basically tells me like who I'm talking to, the demographic profile of who I'm talking to. Tying that up in a bow is, is disseminating that information to like our sales team so that when we have those conversations with people, we can now shower them with relevant um, case studies. I'm not going to show a solo agent a case study about how this team over here crushed it. I'm going to show them a case study of how other solo agents are, are, are crushing it with their content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, the other question that I was asking was like, are you a current follow boss customer or your previous customer? Or um, never heard about follow boss. Tell me more. But I feel like the data that I was getting there wasn't very accurate. Um, and that's fine. And at least I have that initial data set of, of the demographic profile of your team. And, and I feel like that's barely touching the surface of what you're able to do um, in terms of like personalizing the experience. The next iteration of that is creating different onboarding sequences and messaging for, for how you talk to those solos, how you talk to those teams and how do you talk to those operations, uh, basically your operations people, the, the operations manager who runs an, uh, an office of 30 teams or 50 or a hundred or 300. That's, that's what I'm geeking out on and most excited about. Yeah. And that's cool stuff for sure. That is cool stuff. I want to take the last few minutes here and pivot to uh, a lightning round here of maybe some wins losses. Um, because the reality is it's important to acknowledge your losses, but also celebrate your wins. And we don't want to communicate to anybody here that we are without loss. <laughs> In fact, losses are a good, uh, are, are a necessary and important part of winning. Um, so uh, I'll start. I would say, and, and some of this is going to be overlapped with, you know, the lessons learned. But for me, the loss was the dream CRM and having to take that hard, you know, hard hit of promising pretty magical stuff to my team and then not being able to deliver. That was a loss. That, and that one hurt. You know, I felt like, kind of, I felt like an idiot. Um, but the win was turning around, recovering from that, recognizing that I had the loss and you know, reaching out to Ricardo and some, you know, some other people and saying, hey, what, what solution sets do I have? And then ultimately pivoting to follow-up boss. Um, and then I would say another loss win for me was, uh, you know, I had to acknowledge earlier this year that uh, I'm just not a great sales team leader um, for a whole bunch of reasons. Maybe we can get into that later. So I just, I'm not. But, but uh, I, I did learn, and this is the win, I've got a good sales team. And I, I started just getting out of their way, right? Just, hey, what do you need? What can I do to support mm -hmm. you? Um, I didn't need to be the rah-rah guy, the you guys can do it, you know? Um, I'm, I'm <laughs> Look, there's a place for that for sure. And I know plenty of sales reps who have worked at companies and they really, really appreciate that. I'm just not that guy. Um, I'm more the guy that, you know, you're awesome. Go do your thing. And if you need me to block and tackle and, and remove obstacles, let me know. And, you know, if you don't have that self-internal drive, that's fine. Not everyone does, but you're just not going to be a great fit for Lighthouse, right? Um, so some win was a couple of wins were just acknowledging that about myself and then bringing on some unconventional hires. Ricardo introduced me to Adam Greer, who we had on a previous episode here recently. 
And, you know, I'd say hiring him was a win. Uh, hiring a sales rep that we have named Rick Nelson was a win. Um, he's a really great guy. Comes from the uh, from personal finance background, and he's he's been tremendous. Um, I would say that uh, my my sales rep that I brought on a couple of years ago, who got kicked in the shorts with COVID, right? Uh, he just he really persevered, and this year John Conti really came up with some creative and out of the box ideas. I got out of his way, tried to enable him where I could, and he's really killing it. So you know those are those are wins, right? Like the just acknowledging that, getting it, getting out of my own way, getting out of my team's way and supporting them. So that's a couple for me. Nice. Well, I, I think I, I think I kind of addressed, I think I kind of addressed some of my, my wins and losses and, and I guess to just summarize it, you know, some of the wins um, were making the decisions to just ship and, and the losses, the, the, the losses were the, you know, having the patience, having the patience to let things play out, um, to measure the results, to pay attention to the trends. Um, the patience was a, was a big thing that I really, really struggled with, um, was just letting, giving it time to see what was working and what wasn't working. And that was very, very emotionally difficult for me. And, and I think to some extent, I, I kind of got, got into this sort of groove where I started to see the patterns, but I just kept letting it go. And, and it really created a lot of anxiety in me. And, and I kind of took a back seat and I wasn't being proactive with stuff because I just wanted to see how it was going to play out. Um, but then it kind of culminated all in the, um, the observation and the decision um, to make some major changes in the background um, that I thought were going to make improvements. And again, I stumbled really bad on communicating that with my team. Um, and so I went from a position of being very proactive and aggressive and saying, we're going to do this to basically just sitting back and observing for, for quite a few months uh, and then jumping back in and saying, okay, that didn't work. We're going to do all of this. And then having to deal with how that worked and, um, that was a really interesting up and down. It was a big learning experience for me. And, um, but I feel like, you know, and, and none of it was comfortable. Like none of it was, yeah. I got this win. I got this loss. I got this win. It, uh, you all just kind of, you always just kind of feel like you're going by the seat of your pants, um, <laughs> but you're shipping and you're plugging holes as you go along and you're setting sails, you know, when the wind is blowing and you're, you know, you're, I don't know very many shipping, reports, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, still, that was, you still, you still own the rising tide lifts all boats. And I, and I think that one's amazing. So I certainly don't own it, but it's I okay. do use it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ricardo? We got a, we got two more minutes. Um, I could get better at personal follow-up, individual follow-up. I feel like I'm a, I dropped the ball there at times. I'm thankful for people's grace. <laughs> But the wins losses. So you would say that losses this year, you you didn't hit your marks on the follow up. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's a right now. That's a little bit of a weakness. Um, but you know, it's hard to keep up at times. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm shipping exceedingly well in these other areas. I'm gonna drop a win in your life because I think this one, <laughs> this one is uh, really obvious to Scott and I. But you were really struggling. Um, you know, I think you had sort of hit a ceiling. 
it, where you were prior mm -hmm. and you have found a role that just really leans into all of your strengths. Not to say anything bad about your yeah. previous company. They're a, good, they're a great company, good people. Yeah. Um, but the role that you had there didn't play to your strengths as much as the one that you have now. And I think Scott and I, you know, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've both seen you light up and just go to another level and it's been yes. awesome to watch. Yeah, it's shackles are off. To be well, honest. you put you, you well, like Dustin was referring to earlier, is is you were into a position where the leadership recognized that they should get out of your way and let mm -hmm. you shine and let you do what you need to do. And 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 for the record, Ricardo, I think you're full of ship all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, so there's that. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great yeah. way to wrap this up. Great way to wrap it up. <laughs> so, hey, we'd love to hear your wins, losses. Post them in the comments. We'll keep an eye out, respond. Um, but, you know, hopefully this was helpful to you this year in review, this review of the wins, losses. As you can see, like, we're, we're working through stuff. Like, I don't know how we present to you guys when you listen to these podcasts or when you watch these live streams. And by the way, if you're watching the live stream, please like and subscribe to this video. And if you're only listening, please go to YouTube, find us. Uh, subscribe to our channel. We really would love to build our subscriber base. I don't know how we present to you guys, but I got to tell you, like, we're real. We make mistakes. We make, we make messes, um, but we're also trying our best, and that's why we're here, right? We just want to talk to you about what, what gets us on fire, uh, what we're doing, what's working, what's not working. Hopefully, it helps you learn some lessons faster than we learn them. Uh, maybe you don't make the same mistakes. Maybe it saves you some money, some time, some uh, heartache. So, you know, I hope, I hope you understand like this, this isn't like the perfectly manicured marketing podcast. This is the trench. We're getting dirty. Um, we're, you know, and, uh, and so hopefully you heard that tonight. Uh, guys, it's been, uh, it's been fun talking with you both again after so many weeks <laughs> of uh, us being, you know, separated for various reasons. Yes. Uh, if you uh, want to check out more of Scott Shane, you can find him over at findmywayhome.com. Some amazing articles. Also, if you're a lender, you should really check out the project that he's doing because it is insane. Uh, details are over at findmywayhome.com. Um, and you can also email him if you want to learn more details. Ricardo Bueno, ricardobueno.com is where you can find his other podcast, where you can find articles he's publishing. He uh, has a great newsletter you can subscribe to. So go do that kind of stuff. He's always talking to interesting people, doing really interesting stuff. And Follow Up Boss is a great company. If you're you know, looking for a CRM solution, strongly encourage you to check out Follow Up Boss. Finally, Lighthouse Escrow is where you can find me and my amazing team who I get out of the way of. That is my job <laughs> here as a CEO is just get out of the way. Let the amazing people do their amazing work. If you're wondering what your closing costs will be, if you're thinking about selling a home or buying a home in California, you can use our free closing cost estimator on the front page of our website. Go down a couple scrolls. You will see it. Plug in your figures. See how much cash you're going to walk away with. See how much you're going to pay in closing costs. It can help you to estimate how much of a down payment you have when you buy your next. Overpriced, but still cheaper than it's going to be home. <laughs> so that's it for us, guys. It's been great. Until next time, this has been The Marketing Trench. Yeah.